Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast. Do I still say unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2014 now? We do. It's just sure. it's over. Yeah, Man. It's over. Came and went real quick. It did. It's like the first time you got into pussy. It come and go faster than shit. Well, you, yeah. Oh, gosh. This is this is the worst. Oh, man. Right away, I miss right? it already. I really do. Like, yeah. I, I was, like, actually depressed come Monday morning. Oh. Like, like really. Like, I, you know, not to, I mean, I wasn't, like, going to kill myself. I, well, I hope not. I, I, let's not get any letters in this week. But I'm just saying, like, I. We get letters in saying, I heard Jim was depressed, and all he needs to do is reach out and touch someone. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm Ryan. To my right is James. To my left is Brad. And we are the Real Nerds Podcast. If you have never listened to Real Nerds Podcast before, we go see a new movie every week and we talk about it. This week we saw yeah. the internship. And we, you know, and we talk about it. Hopefully you enjoy what we have to say. Finally getting back to the normal format. I know, you know? I can't believe we don't have a guest this week. There's no week. guests. There's not a lot of crazy stuff we gotta worry about. I know. It's like a it's like yeah. a down week. It's like normal. It's like well, hey, how about we just go see a movie and have fun and see what happens. It is. We're gonna have to uh, coerce Brad into having a good time because Brad got a new laptop and he's not very happy with it right now. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's and my be. mic wasn't on for when I. Oh, I'm well, just having a great time with sound right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's all right, buddy. We're gonna hey, be okay. Brad, come come sit on my lap. I'll give you something that'll make you really happy. No. Do you want? It's, no. it's a it's a chunky. Wait, what? Wait, what are you doing in your, with your pants? Uh, I thought you actually had a candy bar in there for a second. Yeah, I did. I did too. That was an old office joke. Oh, it's one man. of my favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chunky. Uh, uh, we also talk about what we've been watching. Hit some movie news, box office numbers, stuff that's coming out. James has a comic book for us this week in Comic Book Corner. I do. Um, yeah. Uh, before we get going into fan mail, I was just gonna kind of gauge your guys's. Overall, now we've had a week to think about it, and uh, how did how did Denver Comic Con treat you? It was great. It was really good. I mean, you know, we had some we had some rough spots. Um, we did, but uh, dude, we got to talk to George Jaunty and 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 Joe Kelly and um, uh, Ben Temple Smith and Mike Rach and all these wonderful people. Had so many people coming by the booth, actual fans. Like people, you know, the, all the people that we wish would write in every week during mm-hmm. the fan mail section, they were all coming up saying, "Oh, I've been listening to you guys for forever." Um, Josh and Joe and James and other people whose names start with a J, uh, all of them came up and were really nice. It was fantastic. Uh, never got out to the floor to look at comics though. That's, yeah, that yeah, was like I, my one big regret was like I, I didn't get to spend just twenty minutes looking through a box of comics I don't want or need. Um, it it was weird. That. We I. We were really busy this time. Yeah. I was told by many people, and me and Brad did a live radio show called Rhino Radio. CBS News Rhino Radio is pretty cool. Uh, he was saying that he was impressed about how many people were always at our table. Yeah. And Amy from Tsunami says we're the most professional-looking podcast she's ever seen, and that's why she sends us it's, on to do things. <laughs> it's all the farce. We sort of learned that last year was like, you know, if you just put enough farce around the t- around the booth, people think you're more than you are. Because last year we were nothing, and we went out there and had this nice looking booth, and makes a lot of people stop. And well, I'm um, proud that you know there was a lot more podcasts, and we did really yeah. well. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, so I don't think I talked about it last week. <laughs> you might remember, Brad. I, I haven't listened to the new episode, and I was so tired on Sunday. Uh, uh, what, my, one of my I had two really favorite parts from Denver Comic Con. Yeah. Um, I I was given the privilege of moderating five panels, and so I was always busy. So I got to the Phil Lamar panel, 
um, early. Obviously, I always get there early just to. I don't know why I do this. Every time I go to a panel early to meet the celebrities, they never show up or on time. Right, but it would wor- it would be way worse if you were late and they were on time. Yeah, like, yes, it would be. You know. Um. So. On Saturday, I was doing the Phil Lamar panel, and uh, Phil Lamar is a really accomplished actor. He's in Pulp Fiction, and he's was on Mad TV for a while, and he also he's now a big voice actor. Um, and so he was late, and uh, I didn't know what to do. I was I so I just kept on saying, "Oh, well, is he coming?" And they had like this back area for the main events hall, which was like the kitchen. But I, I, you guys never got over to the main events, did you? Oh no, no, I never left the. It like, was weird, all. like you know where we did our our podcast panel. Yeah, you had to take a left and then go like another hundred feet and go downstairs to like this huge ballroom. Huh. Um. And so when I was up there, they said, "Hey, you got you need to run interference. You need to go up there and run <laughs> interference because these people are going to start eating each other if yeah. Bill Lamar doesn't show up right now." And I, was, and I go up there, I'm like, "What the fuck am I going to talk about?" Uh. And so I just said that uh, I'm up here to sing and dance, but I'm not really going to sing and dance. And I was booed by a couple hundred people <laughs> um, for not singing or dancing. Um, and then I did my old Chris Farley joke where I act like I'm dead in a coffin. Well, th- the joke really is that you say you're going to do an impression of Chris Farley and everybody's like, oh, yeah, he kind of looks like Chris yeah. Farley. He's going to do the down by the river thing. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, or if I a little yeah. coat like this guy can totally rock a Chris Farley joke. Uh, and then, and then, then I just, just act like I'm dead. And he crosses <laughs> his arms over his chest yeah. and then closes his eyes. <laughs> and what was really cool is while I was doing it, people, it took him a while to get it. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll put up the uh, panel uh, eventually because I recorded it. But uh, it took uh, about a second for people to get And then all of a sudden like, oh, oh, oh boo. <laughs> and this huge boo. And, uh, and the loudest boo was coming up from the middle of the aisle. And that was Phil Lamar. And he was coming up and... Uh, as he is coming up and he was shaking my hand, he said, thank you so much for uh, distracting people. That was great. And he <laughs> sat down. Um, That's so cool. And then afterwards, he even like talked to me for a few minutes and saying how nice it was that I helped him out. He's like, dude, come on now. I really didn't do anything. And, uh, and actually, my picture with him is my, well, second favorite picture with a celebrity because Claire Kramer smelled great. <laughs> Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer actors uh, smell great. Yeah. And she was also a nice one. Erin Gray was awesome. She answered my Jason Goes to Hell question. Oh, did she? What did she say? Uh, well, you know, it was, it was kind of funny because um, she was actually early. and But she was on the phone. I also wanted just to talk to her really quickly and just say, hey, is there something you want me to talk about? And she said, oh, you know, just, just ask me what I'm doing now. And uh, it turns out she's an agent and she teaches Tai Chi. No way. And so she taught everybody Tai Chi. It was pretty interesting. Wow. And uh, when she opened it up for questions... Uh, no one was really jumping at it. So I said, uh, I asked her, I said, you know, you were one of the first Friday the 13th characters that I cared about that they died in the, sh- the series. And she was actually um, like uh, impressed that I knew that she was in that. And uh, and by the way, she's like 60 something and she's still pretty good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so she was really funny answering the questions and how she really didn't want to do it, but she was begged to do it. And um, she was promised that when people went and saw it, they'd have a good time. And she was right. And she went and saw with a bunch of audience members, and everybody was cheering. Um, and, and my second favorite thing is uh, talking to Joe Kelly, um, because it, it was weird. You introduced me to his actual name through I Kill Giants. Yeah. But I've been reading his comics for a while. Right. And uh, it, it was just really cool finding out that he's he, his favorite character, Spider Man. And you can tell in his writing when he wrote Spider Man that he had a really 
uh, strong connection with the character. And he was just such a nice guy. Oh, yeah. Really gracious with his time. He told some really fun stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, that was that was a highlight for sure. Yeah, um, and you weren't you weren't there for for Fiona Staples, but getting to talk to Fiona Staples twice yeah. was really cool. Um, she's so adorable. Um, it's it's cool because she's somebody who's sort of really blown up in the last year or so, yeah. year and a half. Um, and you can tell because when you when you talk to her, especially in a context like that where you're sort of interviewing her, she's sort of she's still really timid and shy and like you know. Um, yeah, it's just it's all it's all clearly very new to her. Like it's not new to us, but you know. But that was a cute picture you have with her. She's she's little. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's it's adorable. pretty cute. Um, huh. so yeah, so yeah, thanks, James, for finding uh, Joe Kelly. No, yeah, yeah you no, know, thank you, James, Joe Kelly. James has uh, found him, and Joe Kelly was it was cool because uh, we originally said, "Hey, Joe, you might be in on the show for like ten minutes," and he was there for like forty minutes. Well, I I left it open to him because I, you know, anytime mm-hmm. I pull somebody over, I I know that they're not getting paid to be at our table and they're getting paid to be at their booth. You know, like the longer the more they're at their booth promoting their stuff, the more money they're going to make for the weekend, all of that. So I don't like pulling anybody for a really long time. I want it to be up to them. Um, so yeah, I kept telling him I was like, "Oh, you know, it's ten or fifteen minutes, and if you know, if you need to go or anything, you just give us a signal." And he's and but he was like, "No, I got somebody watching my booth. I'll be okay." Um, and so he just went, and I think he was he was having a good enough time, just having a little chat with us that he yeah. didn't, he didn't mind at all. We ended up being the ones that wrapped it. Yeah, and it's cool too because you know George's and Joe Kelly and Ben Templesmith said uh, we asked really good questions. Even though with Ben Templesmith, I was never <laughs> I was never one hundred percent sure if I was doing the right thing. Ben Templesmith is so interesting because he he's one of those guys, and I knew it was going to be a problem, uh, and I tried to warn you, but he's one of those guys who can just talk circles around you and really put your own foot in your mouth. Because mm-hmm. like as you ask the question, he'll like he'll like cut you off and make you look stupid, and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> Um, but really a nice guy, and and I think it, it it may not play in that interview. That interview, when we put that up, we might just look like assholes. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool that uh, like as soon as it was, it was over, he stood up and shook our hands, and he was like, oh, "Was that was that all right? Was that was that pretty good?" And we were like, "Dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was great." Like, it's funny as hell, no matter what it is. Yeah, because he uh, he would say the most unusual things, and I never knew. Because, you know, I was talking to Brad earlier, and uh, Brad brought up that, you know, maybe he gets tired of those softball questions. Right, yeah. Uh, but for me, you know, it's a way for me to get in um, to the person. Right. Without, I mean, obviously I know who Ben Templesmith is, but I didn't know what his influences are, wh- why he decided to get into art. And, you know, I said, so, you know, what's your inspiration for art? And he told us, burning babies. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't burn them. He just watches them burn. And and then yeah. at first, I, Okay, so what well, is it about the burning days? <laughs> and then you realize you can joke with him. Yeah, I mean he's a really nice guy. I, it's funny because like that's just sort of the, our interviewing style is that we'll you know ask one or two of those softball questions, and if they give us enough, mm-hmm. then we can pluck from their answers and really then dig deeper. I mean that's how yeah. you did like what one and a half hours with with Jonathan Tierston, like because yeah. um, he you know. You can you can just find little things mm-hmm. and then and then dig a little bit further with the with the follow up questions. But if he never if his answers are all burning babies, you're just like, fuck. Now what do I do? But the where one thing I, I will say about Ben go? Templesmith is he cares a lot about his fans. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he he dresses really nice for his fans, and he purposely makes how he draws at his table more interesting than just a pen and a paint piece of paper, which I thought was really cool. Oh yeah. And he says, and he's told us that he said it's because I want them. Because it's for the fans, it's not for me. And yeah, there's like a really showmanship yeah, to it, which it is, is really cool. cool. It's really yeah. cool. Um, um, and and uh, just so you guys know, well, you guys know, our fans out there, 
Zach Howard, Joe Kelly, and George's Jaunty might be making an appearance in one of the Real Nerds Pod Show episodes. Yeah. Yeah. There might we, have been something we, that we, we filmed. May have, we may have thrown something together last minute that we're all really proud of that I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, so eventually you're going to get to see something real neat out of that con. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, thanks to Denver Comic Con. Looking forward to 2014. Yeah. Which is the 75th anniversary of Batman, which I'm pretty sure Batman is a theme. If you look at their logo they already have for it, next year it's Batwings. So, so what's what's our money on Adam West being there? I mean that's oh, that'd be sweet. That's got to be locked, right? Like yeah, that's got to be that's got to be their number one get. Well, hopefully, and then we'll see if we can get him on the show. Oh hell yeah! Oh, I don't know if we'll do. I can't even do Adam West. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, so it's uh, it's my favorite part of the show, and that's fan mail. Fan mail. Hey, got got some uh, got some fan mail this week. Cool. Uh, some of the stuff uh, is really cool. Um, and it, right right off the bat, thank you everybody who decided they were going to follow us and talk to us at the con because without our fans, we would not be... Well, we'd still probably do this, but it makes it more fun when we have them. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I asked... Uh, so, Reggie sent us a tweet about he's going to come on the show. Cool. So we're going to see a movie with Reggie and hopefully get him on the show. Reggie was one of the first guys who sat down and talked to us last year at Denver Comic Con. And this is the first time we saw him again. Since so, then, yeah. Uh, so he said, of course I'll hang out with you guys uh, on your show, man. Just let me know the time and place. You know what, Reggie? Anytime, any place, let us know. Well, not any place. Well, I'll do I'll Close do to place. here. Eh, like Mexico. I don't want to go see a movie in Mexico. Um, we also got... Uh, an email from Joshua, who was on our show a couple weeks ago. He is the artist and writer of Trashman, and he had a really cool Joker print at Denver Comic Con. Yeah. Um, I, I won't read it word for word because it's like kind of self-congratulatory for us, and, and I don't know if people want to hear that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. basically, he's saying that uh, he had a great time. He sold a bunch of books at the convention, um, and he you know hopes it went well for us. And um, yeah, so... Thanks, Joshua. Thanks for sending us an email, and thank you for, um, you know, saying we did a good job. And uh, I'm glad you it went well for you too. Yeah, because that's got to be nerve wracking. You having your um, own artist table right there. Well, and you know, like I walked through it. Now, obviously, we were pretty busy, but I walked through the artist section quite a few times. Um, and it's one of those things where sometimes you can just you get blinders on, and you you end up not not catching everything you're looking at. But he was in a really good place. Had some really great artists with him. Yeah, a lot of people were stopping. Um, so yeah. It's good to know it went well. So, yeah. So, uh, he said he was busy. So, that's a good thing. That's a good thing for him. Uh, we also met this this girl, uh, Rebecca, sent us an email about Narrate, which is an app that you can get for your um, your tablet, soon to come to iPhone. And I think you get it already for the Android, she said. Um, but it's a motion comic that you can buy. And it's created by artists. And it's totally free. And you earn points by watching it. Um, you'll have to get go to the app to get the ex- exact details of it, but I download it. It's pretty cool. And, Neat. Um, everybody should check it out. It's called Narrate. It's N-A-R-R-8. And uh, Rebecca said uh, that uh, it was nice to meet you at Denver Comic-Con and to get to chat about her stuff. It was nice to meet you. And she like really reached out to us and really wanted to do an interview, so it was cool that they uh, were able to sit down and uh, say hi. Yeah, and that's, that's, narr- that's eight the number. Not yeah, N A R R eight. 
the number. Get it? Yes, I do. Good. Um, we also I I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. Um, his name is Joe Kelly. And he's oh from, yeah, um, he's uh-huh. from Man of Action. Yeah. Um. I, I think we have his email address. We do have his ah. email address. We also have George's Jaunty's phone number. <laughs> yeah, we do. Anytime. Anytime. Just give him a call. Yeah. Be like, hey, you want to get a beer, George's? Um, I just had a fun picture with um, Joe, and I just you know tweeted to him and says, hey, Joe, thanks for coming on. And I said, great time, guys. Thanks for letting me ramble. Um, so that was really nice of him. And, of course, he's a really nice, understated guy. Yeah. And if you haven't read I Kill Giants yet, oh my God. I asked him what his... The work that he's most proud of, and he said, "I killed giants because it's so personal." Yeah. Well, he sort of said everything. Yeah. But, but if he had to pick one, yeah. Don't read that book in public; you'll cry in public. Yeah, and it's you know, um, we also uh, debuted our first episode of the pod show at Open Screen Night, and it was put up on YouTube on our own YouTube channel. And Greg Brigettes of Zombie Z- Midget Zombie Takeover and To Die Is Hard, which I loved. Uh, he sent. He says, "Great, j- great work, real nerds on our YouTube channel." So yeah, so I thanks. We appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. Uh, Coruscant yeah, said it was really epic. Yeah, Coruscant said it was epic. Um, John Ekstrom, our good old friend John, said James headgear is not a rocketeer helmet. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Brad was worried that that line didn't play, and you know what? It played on somebody, Brad. So that's <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody who wrote in. Um, we've we've already had a couple more requests for uh coming on uh dan connor yeah i met him at the show he did and he's uh, a cartoonist based in lakewood he wants to come and um on our podcast so yeah dan send us an email when it works for you anybody who wants to be on our podcast if you're in colorado and you're like hey these guys seem like they're lots of fun i want to be on their podcast email us and we'll set up a time and a place and you could be on our show, unless you're like some kind of crazy Nazi dude, and then we'll just we'll just like skirt yeah, around. Yeah, Nazis need not apply. Pretend like we're always busy. Talk about washing our hair. I mean, you wouldn't understand because you're bald. But yeah, what the Nazis? Okay, because they're skinheads, so they don't wash their hair. Gotcha. Yeah, are Nazis and skinheads the same? Uh, mostly mm. they're very similar. It's like skinheads are like, you know, neo Nazis usually. So if you've Wondering, like, hey, how did these great people like Joe Kelly and George's Jaunty retweet and tweet us during Denver Comic-Con? How do we get a hold of those guys? You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us, realnerdspodcast at, I mean, realnerds at gmail.com. You can leave us comments on realnerdspodcast.com. You can call us, 720-6-NERDS-5. Leave us a message on Facebook. Um, Like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. All that usual jazz. Follow us on Twitter. We really appreciate it. Um, Denver Comic Con is really good to us. Plus, now we've got like something of a presence on YouTube. So go on there and uh, oh yeah, YouTube. You can subscribe to our subscribe channel. Subscribe to the channel. Watch the videos. Like them or don't hate like them. them. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Yeah. You if don't you don't like the like pod this. show, uh, you can look forward to uh, some video interviews of some of the comic book oh, artists right. that yeah, we got. We've oh got, yeah, we've the got Ben video. Temple Smith ones video of the Fiona Staples yeah. one, which I haven't seen. I was I was moderating the Will Wheaton Felicia Day panel. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm kind of jealous yeah. for that one because um, you know what I said at the Will Wheaton and Felicia Day panel? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. I said, uh, here's Will Wheaton and Felicia Day. And then at the end, I tried to say, um, we have time for one more question. Then Will Wheaton yelled at me. <laughs> As, uh, and that was it. And that's all I said at the Will Wheaton and Felicia Day panel. Well, you did a good job anyway. No, I'm sure. I mean, he, I mean, he, 
I don't think he was like yelling at me. I think he was being funny. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe he didn't like me. Sort of the, the job of the moderator is to be that asshole at the end. That's like we only have time for one more question, and then everybody throws stuff at that guy. So. Yeah, uh, Will Wheaton says, "No, no, you don't get to do that." Yeah. So that's fine. I knew that was going to happen. In fact, when I went up there for their panel, no one was coming to the mics. And I was about to say, hey, you know, there's mics to the left or right. And then Will Wheaton said it for me. And then they just started talking. And it was really funny, too, because before it started, the, the camera operator says, hey, you know, you can sit really close to them if you want to be on in the picture. I'm like, uh, no. I mean, why the fuck would I sit next to them? And nobody, nobody's watching well, online at home going like, oh, I really I really like staring at that one guy on the right. Yeah, who's that moderator? He's, he's doing a great job listening to yeah, him. Look, yeah, look at the way he just sits there. Mm, he really, he's like the thinker. Yeah. There was a really great moment, though. I did have a fun moment when um, Will Wheaton was talking about being a dog or something, acting like a dog. And it was really funny, and I was laughing. And then at the end, everyone was laughing, and Felicia Day like leaned back and, and like mouthed, are you okay to me? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm sitting on stage with yeah. and Felicia Day. I'm like, nothing. I got like a front row seat to this panel. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. So yeah, thanks everybody who wrote in. Appreciate it. It's awesome. Also, uh, if you have not gotten your shirt yet, uh, first of all, thank you to er- everyone and yeah. anyone who bought a shirt. Um, they the the ones that have to get mailed will get mailed out this week. Um, so just keep Stay an eye tuned. On it. Yeah, they're coming with your bonus prize. Yeah, with all your bonus stuff. If you got bonus stuff. Or if you got bonus stuff. Natalie. Natalie. Okay. Cool. Stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Did you watch a lot this week? Uh, not too much, but uh, I, I did get a new Robert Downey Jr. movie. What? Yeah, um, because it's at this point now where I really just need his independent stuff and or really, like, not high like obscure print DVDs of his. Yeah. And uh, so I oh, I always check every day, obviously, on, well, not every day, about once or twice a week on Amazon. And last week, Eros was uh, $2.99 on DVD. Eros, like E-R-O-S. Yeah. And uh, usually that DVD is like $14.99, so like sweet. Hmm. Um, and th- it's actually three short films by three different directors and all writers. About, all about love. And it's all about, like, yeah, sex. No. Um it's supposed to be like erotic, but meh. Yeah. Um, and, and the first one was a Taiwanese film. I forget the director, something um, Wong. I think it's Lee Wong or so, something that's like racist. that. That's um, racist. I'm serious. I think that's like the real name. No, I'm sure. Um, and it, it was interesting. It was about this tailor who um, got his first break and he, he was getting clothes for a madam, like a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And she gave him a hand job. And she said, uh, she was basically telling him that she has to feel this way. He has to feel this way if he ever wants to be a tailor. And he has to know what it's like to touch a woman. And then he kept on going back to her and she never repaid him. And uh, it, it was actually pretty good. It, it's really hard to describe the, the, the movie. So she gives him a hand job to teach him how to tailor clothes. Mm-hmm. And then he she, goes Because he back. has to remember that, that euphoric feeling of because orgasm. Because making clothes yeah. is like getting a hand job. Yeah. And then he keeps going back to get paid back, like or to pay her, but like he wants to give her a hand job. No, he's in love with her, but she, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but she's always seeing people. It's but she's busy. It's really hard giving to other guys yeah. hand jobs. Yeah, it's really hard to describe. You have to kind of watch it <laughs> because she's she's running um, around telling everyone if you want to do your job right, you have to remember what it's like to get a hand job for me. Yeah, you'd have to watch it. It's really hard to describe, but it's pretty well done. It's awkward. Um, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. one. Is written and directed by Steven Soderbergh. Dude. It stars him and Alan Arkin. 
okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, totally in now. It takes place in the 50s, and he's an ad guy. Um, so it's like Mad Men before there's Mad Men. And uh, so he plays a, a guy who's trying to figure out how to sell an alarm clock, and Alan Arkin is his psycholo- uh, psychiatrist, and he's trying to break through, and it's uh, it's really just these two guys talking the whole time. And, uh, of course, I mean, those two are, are amazing in it. Um, and it's shot really well because it's Soderbergh. Um, it starts off in color. It, it's really weird. It's called Equilibrium. And it starts off in color, and this lady's just naked. And then it cuts to black and white with him talking to um, Alan Arkin, saying how his equilibrium's always messed up, and he doesn't know what's going on all the time. And um, Is it like in different, uh, like the way Memento does that, where it's in different time zones, or, or not time, it's like in different settings or different time periods? Yeah, kind of. Um, and it's just really fascinating, because he's trying to get this breakthrough, so Alan Arkin's trying to get him to talk and while he's talking alan arkin is like trying to he's checking somebody out in binoculars and so first he starts with like these little binoculars and then um robert downey jr is telling this dream he's been having because alan arkin says well this dream might be your breakthrough with your ad and so while he takes these little binoculars and they're not good enough so he runs across while robert downey jr is telling this dream and he gets these really big binoculars and um it's a really good movie it's like uh maybe only 25 minutes long and I, I can't tell too much because it kind of spoils what happens in it, but uh, it's really, I mean, the acting in it is obviously awesome, and they're really the only two people in it, uh, and besides the naked chick. So, um, yeah, and then the third one was horrible. It was some Italian one by Michelangelo something, and it was trying to be, like, erotic and sexy, but it wasn't. Like right. uh, <laughs> No hand jobs? No. Um, <laughs> this girl was wearing, like, a see-through shirt the whole time, and it didn't make any sense why she was wearing it. Just as like an excuse to show her boobs. Yeah. Where like the 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 Soderbergh one was this girl was naked, but she was like in a dream. So I think that. So that one and it was all shot really well. So it was basically Robert Downey Jr. trying to figure out why he kept on having this dream, and so you saw her like, in the distance through a mirror, and then it was, it was I mean it was well done, and I don't think it was ever supposed to be like titillating that she was naked. It was like a metaphor. Right. Um, and this one is just blatant and. I mean, there was a part where, like, the Italian one ended with these two girls that were in love with this one guy, and they were both, and then they both ended up dancing naked on a beach, and then they met each other. It was really stupid. It was horrible. It didn't, it didn't fit the rest of them. I mean, even though I didn't describe the Chinese hand job one very well. Um, <laughs> no, I think you did a great job. Um, it was well done. I don't know how to describe it without right. it. It's like, weird. Like, yeah. You, you it, at it least means, saw it, the... Yeah, it means more when you... Because it start like the ch- the the Chinese one starts at the end, and then it tells how it got there. So the end is replayed again. So the end makes so the beginning of of the film makes more sense and it's more poignant. Right. Because um, it's not a it's not about the hand job. It's about the relationship he had. Oh, it's about the hand job. It is. Um. So yeah, overall, I mean, two out of three is not bad. Yeah. So that's probably well, why at it's, least the Robert Downey Jr. one is good. Yeah, and that's probably why it's a sixty percent on the tomato meter. Yeah, fifty eight percent or something because two out of three were good, and of course. The the worst one was the last one, so it it makes it watching it straight through kind of difficult. Well, um, or easy. You can just turn it off once Robert Downey exactly. Jr. goes away. Um, yeah, I, I just wish uh, 
the Robert Downey Jr. and Alan Arkin one was longer because they're both great actors. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, for them to just basically have monologue after monologue is great. That sounds good. Um, so yeah, I mean, check it out. I mean, I, of course, I got it for two ninety nine. I don't know if I'd spend more than that on it because, right? I mean, it's yeah. Um, I also got. Uh, I, I watched The Naked Gun again for the first time in years. Yeah. And that movie is freaking brilliant. Um, it's really funny. I don't know if I've ever actually seen it. Oh, you really should. Um, I, I mean, I'm not like a... Like, I never thought Airplane was really funny. Mm-hmm. I like, I know that's like sacrilege. But I like it all of that Leslie Nielsen, like... If I want a Leslie Nielsen movie, I'll go watch Forbidden Planet. <laughs> um, I don't know. None, that stuff just never really struck me uh, for it's, some reason. Uh, if for people don't know, he he plays a bumbling cop. In it, and it's, I mean, it's it's really funny, and I mean, it, it's one of those zany comedies that's really uh, well revered. Um, and the guy who plays Khan is the bad guy in it, Ricardo Montalban. Yep. Does, <laughs> does he have a big plastic fake chest on? No, he doesn't. Oh, that's too bad. Um, he plays a, a bad guy, and Priscilla Presley's in it um, as the love interest. And there's it, there's so many things that are happening so fast in it. It's definitely one of those movies you have to watch again. And it's really easy to watch. I think it's like 82 minutes. So, oh, I yeah. mean, it just goes by so fast. And at the beginning is funny. There's like all these terrorists in this um, room. And they're talking about how they're going to, you know, get rid of America. And all the terrorists are, you know, parodies of um, real people. I'm like, oh, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's oh. dead. <laughs> no, don't feel bad for Gaddafi, dude. Don't feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, my favorite line in the whole movie is there's a part where uh, Frank Drebin, who's played by Leslie Nielsen, is kicked off the police force. And uh, he, he's all bummed out and he's all pissed off. And his captain comes up and says, Frank, Frank, what's wrong? He says, well, I'll just tell you. Now I know the next time I shoot somebody, I could get arrested for it. <laughs> and uh, this stuff like that's funny. And he killed a bunch of Shakespeare in the Park people. <laughs> and then kicked kick off the force. Uh, yeah, so you should see The Naked Gun. It's really funny. Um, I also, uh, rewatched Predator. I got that on Blu-ray. Um, and I, you know, that was the first like guilty pleasure movie I remember watching when I was little. Really? Like, you would my, call it a guilty pleasure? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. My father, I guess my first adult movie is a better movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. It. Like a movie that was rated R that you shouldn't be watching, yeah. but you were watching it. Yeah. Anyway. My dad said, yeah, I he, got you. you can watch this. It's not like watching Flavor of Love where you're like, yeah. this is trash and I totally. watch it religiously. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So it's kind of every time I watch it, I love that movie because um, my dad loved it. And it's the first rated R movie I really remember watching. Yeah. Um, and that movie is pretty gory uh, it, it, watching it again. I mean, I remember that stuff, but obviously watching that one dude's head explode. <laughs> When the predator shoots him, yeah, uh, the movie's really good. And it still holds up pretty well. Oh, like it some, does. Some of the like predator vision stuff, I think, is a little bit schlocky. Yeah, now, but um, yeah, but yeah. you know, uh, I mean, the whole premise of it. I, I mean, I think going in, I, I remember being a kid and watching, uh, and you think it's a traditional like war movie, and then it kind of takes that turn for there being hunted and mm-hmm. um, you know a really cool monster by Stan Winston and yeah. Um, it's too bad. Uh, it's too bad they've never really made a sequel to that movie that that yeah. really lives up to the, how awesome that character is. Yeah, I think Predators is pretty close. I think Predators is pretty cool. You're right. Predators is is pretty cool. You know, it's got a little bit of a uh, like a B movie action yeah, flick. I think the only thing where Predator struggles, where Predator is really good, is uh, the characters in Predator are really cool. Yeah. They all have such a defined. Mm-hmm. 
character arc you know it's the native american who can track anything and he's going to take on the predator by himself and um uh, yeah i think the only thing watching it now the only thing goofy is the girl in it where you know it seems like she's just there to to be saved to be a girl yeah um but yeah i mean it holds up really well but uh watching it again there's a couple scenes that are like out of focus Hmm. Um, and as, as really, I don't know if it just showed up because it's on Blu-ray now. Yeah, if the up conversion. Um, but I still get a chi- uh, I still get a kick, the time when you know Schwarzenegger is in the water and he's crawling out in the mud and you see the predator drop in and he pops up for the first time and he's looking for him and it, it's uh, I remember that sense of oh my god he can't see him because he's not giving off a heat pattern or something and it's just badass. Oh yeah, and that whole last fight scene is awesome. It's funny, when I was a kid, I always thought that, like, like around the time that Alien vs. Predator came out, I was like, oh, the Predator's so the cooler creature, like, because, you know, I I mm-hmm. thought that the Alien franchise had just sort of killed itself, and then I grew up and rewatched Alien and was like, no, no, man. See, I think Predator's a cooler character. I think <sighs> his design's cooler, he does cooler things. Well, he's got more, he's got more intelligence to him, you know? Yeah. Like, he is more of an actual person, whereas the Alien is just a... The xenomorph is a killing machine. Like you know, it's more like a it's more like a dog. You know. We'll agree to disagree. I think Predator's cooler. Yeah, I'm just saying. Cool. Cool. That's why I watched this week. I didn't see a lot because um, anytime we go to a con the next week, I sort of turn into a hermit, and I, as soon as I get home from work, I just want to go to bed. Um, but I did. I'm still watching lots and lots of Dick Van Dyke. Uh, I think I'm almost done with the second season now. Nice. I'll f- finally get to um, uh, It May Look Like a Walnut, <laughs> which is the, uh, it's the episode where they, because obviously that show was being made around the same time that Twilight Zone was was, was crazy popular. Mm-hmm. And it's this episode where um, he and his w- he and Laura are, are watching like a Twilight Zone show uh, as they're going to bed. And then he ends up having this dream where, because uh, she thinks she's gonna be have nightmares about it, and mm-hmm. then he ends up having nightmares where uh, every, all, everybody is an alien that only eats walnuts, and it's just really funny. It um, is. It's really well done. You know, that's one thing I love about that show is it. It's obviously the first show that really took those kind of chances where they'd have mm-hmm. dreams, and in the first season, it was he had the dream where Laura was controlling him as a puppet. Yeah, and, right. Uh, th- I think it was the first season too where they had the one where he was like you know, worried about being a man and he came home and was like, I want my dinner and his son was working down and so it's you know, it's they always had those kind of surreal episodes. Yeah. And that and that it may like like a walnut's probably the best one of them. Uh I uh I, I would say that the thing I've sort of figured out, the the thing that I maybe love the most, I really like Sally. Yeah. Um and I and the reason is I think her story is probably really ahead of its time. Like this, I mean, it's and it's it's also of its time in that she's she's older and the the idea that like every woman should get married and have kids and have that family and that she's feeling all that pressure, um, but the fact that they were telling a story like that of this, you know, this woman who's she's not middle aged or anything like that, but she's getting a little bit older and she's still not married and she's 
I don't, I don't even want to call her desperate, but that it's something she worries about. Like, like it's not the times when there's a man coming to the office and she gets excited because maybe mm-hmm. he'll like her. It's not that stuff as much as the episodes where, like, her birthday episode. Yeah. Oh, it just kills you. Um, like, you really feel like they're they're doing some serious drama talking about this issue that, um, at the time, I don't think a lot of people were talking about. It. And even now, you go back and watch her story, and I think it's I think it's really special. Um, yeah, and you know. That's that's picking out one of the little pieces of drama in that show that uh, that they they do really well. They do everybody's got a, a, an arc like that. Um, but I think that's one of the things that has surprised me the most. Uh, my 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 favorite uh, episodes actually of Dick Van Dyke are the ones where Rob's jealous because Laura's being hit on by certain people. Mm. Oh, like like when they're putting on the play. Yeah, uh, and they keep recasting like. Uh, they keep recasting the characters because everybody's significant other doesn't want them kissing somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, and you know I love the uh, Danny Thomas in that. It may look like a one that's really good. I have perfect twenty 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 vision, <laughs> and uh, oh, and uh, Dick Van Dyke being scared is great. Yeah, either uh, I, I don't know if you've gone to it. It might be season three. Ghost of a Chance is really really good i haven't seen that one i have seen the one where there's the there's the thief in in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and they and there's like a there's like 10 minutes of them just like wandering around their house at night thinking somebody's in the house and scaring each other like yeah that's a great show oh that's the episode where they get a gun yep yeah oh man it's great. It's mm-hmm. really good. It's one that because I'm watching it like as I fall asleep, and so I miss bits of episodes and things things like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch this show a you few should. times. I'm sure. Um, but it's yeah, definitely it's a rewatchable uh, show. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I'm still watching you know all of my shows that are on right now. Hannibal is really good, and Game of Thrones killed a bunch of people this week. Yeah, Whoa. that's what I heard. I haven't read anything because, I mean, I think I'll try to watch it, but I'm sure yeah. it'll be spoiled for me eventually. Yeah. I picked a fight with a friend of mine on, I it, saw on that. the internet. Yeah. I didn't read your your comment thread because I didn't want it to be spoiled for me, but... Yeah. Well, I, I was never talking about s- the specifics of it, but in trying to defend it, some people did. Yeah. I, I guess it... Ha- does that happen in the book? Yeah. George R. R. Martin was on Conan, yeah. and he was watching people's reactions to it. Was, it. Yeah. I saw that same clip, um, which... Like I watched that because I wanted to see the funny clips of people like reacting to the show, which were hilarious. Yeah, you know, they're obviously people who like they had read the books and knew that this thing was going to happen, and so they were filming their friends who had not read the books in sort of in order to like get their reactions. Um, I think my favorite part of those reactions though were the couple of videos where there was somebody sitting on the couch and the thing would happen and they were just staring at it like, okay, because I was like, hey, that's me. I'm that. <laughs> I'm in these videos. That's pretty cool. Um. But what was frustrating was that, like, when Conan uh, introduced it, he was like, you know, this is one of the most shocking things that I think most of the, many of us have ever seen on television. I'm like, then you're not watching television. This is what, what? It's not, no. Man. Just, just a hater. No, it's not that. I am seeing gross shit I've never seen on television or in movies ever in Hannibal every week. There's, doesn't even compare. Does not even compare. Man. Stuff is going to give me nightmares. <laughs> Not the cool nightmares where, you know, E.T. chases you. The bad ones. <laughs> well, we all can hope for that. Yeah. Anyway, that's me. Brad? I uh, didn't watch a lot. I basically moved on from Kitchen Nightmares to Ramsey's Best Kitchen or Best Restaurants. Nice. What is that one? 
That's what that's uh it's refreshing. It's where everyone is actually really good at being a restaurant. Oh. And um <laughs> you know, the chefs are talented and they make good food every time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, it's I, actually reward, rewarding good behavior rather than rewarding bad behavior. Exactly. That's what I like about it. That's you know, nice. It's reality TV where people do good things. <laughs> um they're talented and they they get to show it off. So Yeah, that's about it. He goes to um yeah, he uses the whole season to like do a competition for like the best Italian restaurant, the best Chinese restaurant, the best uh, Mexican restaurant. Mm. Um, so two restaurants in those genres, um, those food categories, they'll square off. And so uh, first he'll go and sit down and eat and a complete reverse of Kitchen Nightmares. He always enjoys the food <laughs> yeah. uh, so far at those places. And then... Um, he'll he'll invite thirty of his uh, personal diners to come and flood the restaurant to see how they handle a large dinner service, hmm. like really test their ability to run the kitchen. Um, and then he'll kind of grade them on that, and then he'll invite them later to come to his office and sit down and watch some. A recording that they didn't know about where after he left after that dinner service a couple days later he sent in a secret diner uh. to get a personal experience that they weren't expecting and then that's when like their weakness will show like someone didn't uh greet them greet the diner yeah um consistently does he, does he like pay attention to and try to figure out what their weakness is so he can make sure that that person tries to exploit it to see if they no, he tries to correct them. It's uh, no, I mean, like when he sends in that secret diner, do, do they have special instructions? Like, hey, you know, ask for this thing because yeah. that's the thing that they usually have a problem it's with. It's at the or? discretion of the the secret diner. Oh, okay. um, if the diner is like having a really great experience, they'll try to. That's when they'll throw a curveball. It's like, oh, let's see what if I return this like three times. Let's see what how they gotcha, handle it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, yeah, usually they're really gracious, and like no one's been like, Psh, you got to pay for this or. Yeah, you know, right. no, we're not going to get you a new. Uh, so all the ones I've seen, they're pretty nice about it. Um, but yeah, they'll try to throw curveballs in there to test how far they like what they can get away with. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, the, so maybe something uh, in their service will suffer. Like, uh, yeah, they didn't greet, or the food is cold, or something. Or, uh, and then the next stage is um, he invites them to cook in his own personal restaurant in Ramsey's. And then they'll cook for uh, the sec- like the diners, and then also the front of the house, the serving staff will get to sit and eat as part of that group. Hmm. So they'll have to like watch everything go down, but they can't do anything about it. Um, and then by the end, he decides like you know which of the two restaurants did their best. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just refreshing to see like everyone doing a good job. Yeah, when you watch that show, you realize that he's pretty much a nice guy. Like you know. As long as it, the food's good and the service is good, he's pretty nice. You yeah. know, he doesn't. There's a uh, one really cool one. Uh, I think uh, it was the first episode. Uh, it was the two Italian restaurants squaring off, and the other Italian restaurant is these two brothers. And their weakness was that their the restaurant was really run by their parents, mm-hmm. and their parents would never give them the feedback from the actual customers. Uh-oh. So, and they were really experimental with their uh, cuisine. So uh, they would cook fish in like plastic bags so that um like it'd be cooked but the texture would be raw 
Mm. And all the customers were really confused by it. They would just think it was raw food. Yeah. Even though it's totally perfectly cooked, mm. you know. Um, and so uh, they never knew about that. So because their parents were too right. pr- protective about of their creativity because they had uh, these really creative dishes like, um, I don't know what they combined, but I think there was liquid nitrogen. So like the you could put stuff in your mouth and then like smoke would come out of your nose Dude. as you ate it. Yeah, yeah. That uh, gastro, whatever they call it, gastro science. Anyway, yeah, g- gastro cuisine or something. But uh, they eventually won um, that round. So, and then mm. the best from each of those types of food goes on to the. I haven't got. I haven't gotten to the finals yet. And cool. So I'm still working on it. That's funny. They don't. They don't do huge marathons of that on BBC America. So I've never actually watched it. Yeah, I never heard it unless uh, Netflix had put it huh. right next to that means like it has like eight different shows yeah he, does. he has a ton there's still another one where he globe trots and just yeah like it's uh gordon ramsay's great escapes yeah so but yeah i've seen bits of that because i've just been working on tons of stuff i'm not like investing myself into narratives or oh yeah i'm just like oh here's these people in their lives no i hear you cooking delicious food that i'll probably never get to eat yeah <laughs> It looks fantastic. I think I might. Uh, I'm going to Vegas for uh, at the end of July, and he's opening up a new restaurant out there. Oh, cool. I might have to check that out. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going with my dad. I don't know if he'll really want to sit down for, <laughs> you know, I don't know how much it'll cost. But. I would go if, like, I don't know, if I got to see him actually prepare something, you know. I'm sure he's got some chef he selected to run yeah. that Vegas restaurant because oh, yeah. he's not going to, but, like, I, the only draw for me is to like actually try food that he prepared himself. So, um, yeah. Or if I was like trying to cook myself and he was just yelling at me, <laughs> that, that'd be fun too. Totally. I want him to call me a donkey just <laughs> once. What are you doing? You could have killed somebody. <laughs> it's raw. <laughs> I ate this. <laughs> yeah. That's all I've watched. Cool. Cool. Hey, let's pay some bills, boys. Hello, Real Nerds listeners. I'm Mac. And I'm Idiotilix. And we're here to tell you to visit Sphrix'sDomain.com. Why should you visit Sphrix'sDomain.com? Well, yeah, it's simple. If you like farts and cartoons and bad words and stuff, you should definitely visit Sphrix'sDomain.com. How do you spell that address, I see? What? I don't know. Fucking S something. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in college. I have no idea. Fine. I'll do it. S... P H E R Oh god. Oh god. S Oh god, just say the domain part. I don't want to be here all night. Jesus. Did you get any more of a complicated website name? Stupid assholes first. Jesus. Anyway, visit our website where you can read about all the funny adventures of seven aliens struggling to live together in an abandoned warehouse in Denver. Well, what, that's it? What, it doesn't say anything about my crazy hijinks or antics or... What the, <sighs> ridiculous. Nope, that's all Sphirks wrote down. Well, that doesn't sound funny at all. But you know what does sound funny? Gross. Oh man, I'm hungry again. Oh, it's so disgusting. Sphirx is gonna be pissed when he sees what you did to his office. Hey, what are you guys doing in my office? 
smells like puke and farts in here. Go to smirksdomain.com. Bye! Smirksdomain.com. My man spider sense is tingling. Hey, look, it's man spider. How's it going, true believers? When I'm swinging through Colorado and I need comic books, I head to Arvada, Colorado to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, the teal troll is attacking me! My son's in danger! Will no one help him? Oh no, it's Man Spider! Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, the whips the competition with great deals on back issues. 50% off, hold slot, 20% off list price. You want sports memorabilia? They got that too. Where are you going, Man Spider? The teal troll still has my son. Here's web in your eye. Oh no, I'm bested by Man Spider again. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado, and tell them the real nerd sent you. For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try a new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. And after build time, we also see more money stuff. Box office numbers. This is the box office stats. That was a good segue. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, poor Will Smith. Uh, now you see me. He did way better than people thought. It, it did twenty-seven million or twenty-eight million? Twenty-seven? Uh, twenty-nine. Twenty-nine actually. million. Uh, Fast and Furious Six led it obviously again with thirty-five million. Um, they were, I was reading projections and they were thinking that now you see me would do like 18 to 20. Huh. So they obviously did a great job with marketing. None of us were really impressed with the movie, but, uh, they, yeah, they must've really thought after earth was going to take everything. Yeah. And I mean, after it's, got, earth, it's got the money behind it. It should have. Yeah. But after earth didn't make as much money, made less money than John Carter. So yeah. Um, Am I the only one who thought the poster for after earth looked like, like a dark version of kid and play? <laughs> look at look at no not because of black cause no no look, no, no, no. You like, like the old house part. party like yeah like the way the gradient at the top like yeah hits their hair it looks like they have the kid and play yeah, like, yeah no I, I know what you're saying yeah but they just look depressed instead of like oh this is fun yeah but you also said the dark version which yeah they i was reading an article about it and studio analysis and people who actually track this stuff they said the problem is is you know will smith is all sad and depressed and and morose in like the trailers and barely in it and yeah so he says whatever he says in the trailer and that uh, Jaden Smith is not good enough to carry a movie by himself yet yeah but which is the only thing that's well, unfortunate is they're blaming uh, Shyamalan for it but he's really just a director for hire for this one so it's a bummer yeah I, I, I gotta see it I really gotta yeah, see I, it yeah I'll probably see it when it's at the Elvis Cinema for two dollars yeah I don't want to make any statements about what i think is wrong with that movie um until i actually see it yeah. or why i think it failed yep, that's just what uh movie people were saying that, yeah you know track that stuff what do they know more than me yeah box office mojo thanks for your wonderful website for easy to read movie 
gross is. Is it is it easy to read, Ryan? It is. <laughs> uh, the next, we go on the line to find <laughs> digital bits and what's coming out for us to purchase. On the line. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> no, on Maybe. the line. You know. Well, on the line. Yeah. From the movie. From the movie we saw. Like your movie. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Kind of a big week for movies. Yeah. I'm going to buy everything this week. Right? Man. Um, the biggest movie is Oz the Great and Powerful. Comes out on Blu-ray, DVD, and Blu-ray 3D. Um, me and James are excited for Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. I, I literally um, pre-ordered my copy as we were sitting here. I'm really excited. But what did you tell me? It's 15 bucks. Yeah, it's $15 Dude, for you the should Blu-ray. Totally get Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. And there's an uncut version. Hopefully it comes with the theatrical version, too. I don't want them to fuck that movie up. <laughs> uh, it's probably just more violent. Probably, yeah. It's probably some gore or something. There were, like, one scene they added back in, you know. Yeah. Maybe I doubt Jeremy Renner is fucking that chick in a pond a little longer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's already rated R. Like, yeah. there's already nudity in it, so. But, you know, it could be, you know, Underworld Unrated is way better than the theatrical cut. Oh, yeah. Because they give you, like, 20 minutes more of story that yeah. makes it more sense so you, you never know yeah it could be maybe that movie is one of those where the producers really meddled with it and there's a lot of stuff missing yeah I, I almost don't know, care because i really liked it so. you know honestly i can't see that in that movie i'm guessing it's more gore yeah I, I would say so too and more fucking what else comes out james uh the newsroom the first season of the newsroom finally comes oh, out finally olivia munn's show i really want to watch uh, oh come on actually she's not she's not bad on it i don't i'm not a huge olivia munn fan but she's she's not bad um it's 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 one of those things though. It pisses me off that it takes so long. Like they wait so long to put those DVDs and Blu-rays out because they want to use it as promotion for the new season. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I could have been watching that show for the last eight months. Yeah, you've had them sitting in yeah. a warehouse somewhere. You know, honestly, I forgot that that show was renewed for a second season. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's, I think they they're taking like 14 months to put out another season of it because it 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 aired like in March last year, March wow. or April. Um, or started, I should say. Uh, there's also a DVD of House of Cards, which is the Netflix show. I thought they were never releasing those on. Yeah, DVD. I didn't think so either. Um, clearly, they're uh, they're going to let you actually have you know if you really want one, you could own a copy of it. Um, which I mean, because it's a show, it's like thirty four dollars for the blue for the for the DVD. So uh, it, it probably makes you know dollar sense for Netflix to do that because people who are actually a big fan of it and want that on their shelf, um, they'll pick it up and they'll they'll make plenty of money on it. Or or eight dollars a month for life. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that movie's already that money's already there. You know, like the people who watch that show on Netflix are already subscribers and probably are already going to keep their their subscription. Whereas the people who are Netflix subscribers and really big fans of House of Cards and want the D- the DVD on their shelf, um, that's it's an easy thirty five dollars. And maybe there's uh, you know special features and stuff people really want. That's true. Yeah, because there's no special features on Netflix. Yeah, they got to find a way to fix that. Especially for their stuff. I agree. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's first film in 2013, Snitch, comes out this week. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's decent. Um, Wrong, the Blu-ray of Wrong, which is that movie Sweet. about a guy made I, know, I really wanted to see that, but Brad's the only one who saw it in theaters. Yeah. The, uh, the poster's really cool. Because um, it's got like, you can see into the guy's brain, and the brain kind of looks like a dog. It's good. I'm going to get it. Sweet. I'll probably get it too. um, There's also a documentary from last year called How to Survive a Plague, which is about AIDS. But people said it was really good. Yeah, I heard it was really good. It was on a lot of lists of movies that you missed from 2012 that 
you should be really sorry about. Um, as well as a little indie western movie called Dead Man's Burden um, that I've seen trailers for for the last year or so. And it looks really cool, but uh, I'm going to have to check it out. Um, Sweet. But yeah, big week. Big week. You, did, you left out Emperor's New Groove on well, Blu-ray. Yeah, well, I was. I, mean, I didn't want to waste a lot of time. Uh, but yeah, no, there's a there's a mm-hmm. Blu-ray re-release of Emperor's New Groove and Which Kong's I think's New one of Groove. The, the uh, uh, better later Disney movies. I think it's one of the best better later Disney movies. Does Lilo and Stitch also come out? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Emperor's New Groove is great. There's a coyotes howling outside my house and my dogs yeah, they're are freaking your dogs out. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't like it. They've been out there for hours. They yeah. probably they're probably eating some little Alasa Opso with only one eye. Oh, poor Reggie. Oh, Reggie. Reggie. Sweet. Thanks, Digital Bits. Yeah. If you go and to you their can website. thank Digital Bits by clicking on their box art, which will take you to Amazon, and by buying it, you support the Digital Bits. Cool. Unspool real news, James. <laughs> It's real news. So there's a couple of things that we actually missed from last week, um, but it's not it's not a lot of stuff. Uh, the guy who the guys who created or directed Kantiki are getting signed on to direct Pirates Five, which I think is really exciting. Hopefully Jack Sparrow fights some like fucking monsters at sea. That'd be awesome. I no. How about how I would rather just Jack Sparrow fights the most realistic shark anyone's ever seen. <laughs> like that's all I want. That's the thing that that impresses me the most about. I still haven't seen it, but the trailer um, just looks phenomenal. Um, I want I want another pirates movie that actually spends some time on the sea and mm-hmm. it looks. You feel like oh yeah, these guys are pirates again. It's not so much just like. Like slapsticky chases through you know, European streets. Honestly, and I, I have an itch to see on Stranger's Tide on Stranger Tide again because yeah. I I didn't like it. I mean, it was okay when I saw it, and I feel like I should watch it again. I don't because I I like the pirate movies. Yeah. So I don't know. It it's still that franchise has gone so off the rails from how good the first movie is. I mean, the first mm-hmm. movie is phenomenal as, as is. especially as like just a. Block, summer blockbuster movie so much fun really good story in there it's cohesive um and they have completely lost that in the series and so i'm hoping that yeah get some little indie directors in there who who you know kind of want to show off and have a bigger budget and stuff like that but have yeah. the chops to do stuff at sea and, and try to keep yeah. their budgets because you already know they can film um, on sea with a no budget yeah imagine them exactly. filming on sea with a big budget right exactly um i say just uh stop Using J- Jack Sparrow as your crutch. Oh yeah, yeah no, yeah. that's a that's Trying a new big story. part of it. Yeah, because as soon as Jack Find Sparrow becomes pirate. the the center of uh, of the of the story, it it just sort of falls apart. Yeah, we've done um, f- four with him. Like, yeah. tell a different story. Yeah, there's plenty of other pirates out there. Because the you know as as much fun as he is in the first three, the heart and soul is really with uh, Elizabeth and um, what's his face. Uh, like that's really strap bill will yeah yeah will you know they're really like your emotional core and then you've got this wacky um comedic character dancing around them as soon as they're gone like that's the one of the biggest parts about stranger tides um agreed cuz and cuz then you have to like work in you know oh what if a guy turns falls in love with a mermaid or some bullshit i don't mm-hmm. care come on move on um nbc renewed hannibal which made me happy uh, also i didn't believe it was going to happen but uh, 
That's that's good. I think it's uh, the show is buzzy enough that they they were stupid if they would have let it go. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. They've at least they've got people talking. You know, even if not everybody is saying good things. If even if a lot of people are writing in going like, "This is horrible. You're killing my children." <laughs> like, boy, I don't know why people are letting their children watch that show, but still, um, I, I yeah, it's good. I, anything that sort of gets in there and actually stirs up network television and gets them to pay attention again. I agree. You know, um, speaking of stirring up network television, Dan Harmon is coming back to Community for the for what is probably going to be the last season, but they. They have seen sort of the ratings drops drop and a lot of the critics at least become middling, if not soured towards that show. Um, and so they they reapproached Dan Harmon and said, well, sorry, we fucked up. I'm sorry we fired you. Do you want to come back and run this show? And he said, yes. Um, I don't think they've got everybody contracted in. He sort of on Twitter said something like, well, I really hope that Joel McHale and Allison Brie and all and, you know, Jim Rash and all the other people are involved too, but I'm definitely going to be there. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see. Obviously, Chevy Chase won't be back. Um, yep, he burned that bridge. Yeah. In the last few episodes, it was really weird. They didn't really address it. Like, yeah. he just was gone. Yep. Um, yeah, it was, that was just bizarre. Uh, but I'm excited. I, yeah. I just want him to have a show back. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's the news. Sweet. Yep. Nothing exciting. Not really. Comic Book Corner. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. I need to talk some more about Joe Kelly. Um, but he's got this really good book that nobody ever talks about called Four Eyes. Um, and it's about a boy and his dragon. And basically takes place in this world where there's all this underground dragon fighting. Nice. So it's like dog fighting, but with dragons. And mm, sort of. Um, and his dad is dead, and he's going to try to get revenge. So it's a story about him uh, training up his dragon, which it has four eyes, hence the title of the book, like dragons. Just do, Anyway. Um, and it's a, it's about him training up this dragon and trying to get into this underground so that he can find out like what, what kind of stuff his dad was into and why, what happened happened. Um, it's a really fun, fun, interesting story. The art is, is just beautiful. Um, and it's one of those little sleeper books that nobody really talks about, um, especially Joe Kelly. Like, he didn't say anything about it, I don't think, the whole interview. Um, but it is really good, so you should check it out. And you can pick it up because it's in trades now. You can pick it up 20% off Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Anything with dragons fighting is awesome. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. mentioned that in Reign of Fire, right? Oh, yeah. I saw this list uh, this week that was all, like, the most creative ways that people have destroyed the Earth. Reign of Fire, number one. It just said, nice. motherfucking dragons. <laughs> it's true. It's, yeah, it's true. Cool. I like dragons. Yeah. Who doesn't? Tell you what, you don't like dragons. Stop listening to this fucking show. Just kidding. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Except for the people who don't like dragons. Right? Ex everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Especially when it comes to what movie we've been watching this week. We went and saw the internship. Brad, should people go see the internship? You know what? I thought it was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it. I was entertained. Uh, I don't, as far as the theater goes, um, if you went to the theater to watch it, it wouldn't be the worst experience. Um, <laughs> it, it's also a movie you could easily watch at home, too. So, yeah. James? Um, yeah, I, I think this movie, it reminds me a lot of Wanderlust last year, um, where it's a it's a really good 
fairly simple movie. Like, you know, it's really entertaining and fun. Um, but it's one of those that I think a lot of people are going to just sort of forget or dismiss. Um, that being said, I loved this movie. Wow. By the time it was done, I was really into it. And I don't know. I, I think I was a little bit sensitive at the time we watched it. I don't know why, but by the end, I was like, I really liked those characters. I really liked the story they were telling. And yeah, it was, it's simple. You've it's, seen it's the story derivative, before. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. It's derivative. Anyone could, could write the plot itself. Um, but the way those characters are written and acted and all of that stuff, I think it, you know, it, it got, it got to me. And by the end I was like, Oh, I like these guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fun movie. I, I'm, I'm with Brad. I had a lot of fun watching it. I mean, do you have to go out and see it in the theaters? No. Probably not. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still fun. If you want to have just a fun time in the theaters, I think you should go see it because it's not uh, it's not groundbreaking, but, uh, you know, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn are so good together that you kind of root for them. Um, and, they, I mean, they're really not playing outside of type at all. Yeah. You know, Vince, uh, Vince Vaughn's a fast-talking salesman, and Owen Wilson is the... G shucks guy who everybody likes. Um, so yeah, here's the trailer for it. Oh, do you want to say something else before the trailer starts? Sorry, I just want to say it's another PG thirteen comedy this year too. Yeah. Like it's another comedy you can take your folks to. You know, I mean, there's a few dirty jokes in there, but nothing, nothing real bad. So yeah, trailer. You closed the company? What about us? You're great salesman, but it's too late for you guys. Everything's computerized, and you're dinosaurs. And I'm gonna say something harsh now. Now, now you're gonna say something harsh. I got it. Google. You got us a job at Google? It was an interview for an internship that could lead to a job. You're kidding, right? They have more life experience than the age of most of our interns. Welcome to Google. You know what launch this was from? If only there was some web page you could go to. Type things in and search for answers. Your interns? Yeah. Shut up. Deal with it. You're so old, though. We're looking at some sort of mental hunger games against a bunch of genius kids for just like a handful of jobs. You will be broken up into teams. Find some geniuses. Hello, Stanford. You, college. University of... No. On me. You're coming with me. You're all I got. I don't have a group. You'll mentor the leftovers. From Lyle, one of the team managers. Pound me. Come on, bro. Fist me. Let's all fist each other, right? I'm Neha Patel. Stuart. Yo, yo, Santos. How about a high five? Whoa. Whoa. Did you get beat up a lot in school? I was homeschooled by my mom. Did you get beat up a lot in homeschool? Your first challenge, manning the helpline. I'm not very good with Gmail support. For you, is this kind of like teaching a kid the alphabet? Actually, it's like teaching a kid a letter. Just one letter. You will fail. Sometimes the long shots pay off the biggest. Our team's a joke. We need to start believing. This reminds me of a little girl from a steel town who had the dream to dance. She reached up and pulled the chain to nowhere and doused herself with water. Flash dance? You're talking about the movie from the 80s. Yeah, you're damn right I am. Oh, boy. There's still some dreams floating around out there. It's not too late. You just gotta reach out and grab them. We have rules. Red means no. Green means yes. Dating a fellow intern. You can't date an intern, no. So we'll say no to love. We'll say no to love, yes. Is a one-night stand considered dating? Why don't the two of you guys go and find the programmer? His name is Charles Xavier. He's a professor. He's in a wheelchair. Charles Xavier? Well, you found me out. Cyclops, Rogue, we're all here. Now come closer. Oh my god! Professor Xavier's a total...
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, one, it's like a really long infomercial for Google. <laughs> yeah. Going into it, like, the trailer just felt, like, really douchey. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, I was going to expect it to play to every cliche for that kind of movie. Um, and the story arc is kind of one that this movie, these kinds of movies have done time and time again. But it's just in the characters and how they act and uh, portray everything that's sets it apart. Yeah, like they don't they don't make caricatures out of well, I mean they they make caricatures like out of the villain and things like that. But they don't make caricatures, yeah. caricatures yeah. out of the because um, yeah, he even got that accent to make <laughs> him more evil. Your accent's fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that moment was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but out of out of like the other nerds in their group, like they don't make caricature caricatures so much out of them. Um, they, in fact, even have like some kind of nice little deep moments where the, where those, those people open up a little bit and you're like, Oh, okay, this is cool. This is, you're actually sort of making these people into, into people. Yeah. As, as I was watching, it reminded me a lot of the sitter, um, because yeah. it's a mm. movie that's really funny, but it has kind of heart to it mm. where, you know, in this movie, he, they, they had all those conversations with the people that, you know, the one guy who hated everything and. You know, I actually really like that scene where, you know, Owen Wilson's like, you know, you can look up and like things. You don't have to hate stuff. Yeah. It doesn't hurt your credibility. And uh, it, it was it was fun. Um, you know, there's little throwaway lines like me and James uh, laughed when they said uh, Bangarang uh, when they were playing <laughs> yeah. Quidditch. Oh, that mean, Quidditch match was hilarious. It was. It was yeah. great. No, it was great. The, uh, what's the, the little gold thing comes out? You know, the, the, like, the snitch, what yeah. The fuck, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one f bomb for the PG thirteen. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and, and you know, there's also a part two where they're describing each one of you know the team for the interns, and I, I forget who's saying is like the pretty one, and it goes to Owen Wilson, and he shakes his head. He's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I'm the pretty one. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I, you know, Will Ferrell. I didn't know Will Ferrell was in this movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 they had like a little cameo, but. As soon as he was in the mattress store and I saw him, I knew it was Will Ferrell. Like, <laughs> I heard his voice like before <laughs> yeah, they yeah, showed oh, him. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, here we go. With that Sanskrit all over yeah. his neck. <laughs> what, what was the what was the tattoo? What does it say in Sanskrit? Oh, like, shoot. Make uh, some choices. Yeah. Make, make the right choices. Make the right choices or something. But it was, you know, it was, it was more like, like pointless than that because it wasn't just make the right choices. It was like make, you know, some other adjective choices. It just made it less important. Yeah. Where um, it's like, you know, because the. Oh, make make right decisions, and it was like a decision to have. <laughs> and Owen Wilson says that sounds like really bad for a guy who has a neck tattoo. <laughs> um, and you know what's funny about Will Ferrell is he always kind of plays that guy where he's kind of like the dick. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, I always laugh at it. Uh, I think they did a good job as far as like I, I I honestly was not sure how these guys were going to fit in or succeed. Like like yeah. when they were first starting the internship, I thought. Um, they're way out of their league yeah like they were so out of their league that i just wasn't sure like okay how are they how are they actually going to prove themselves or is it or is it going to fail on that to- on that issue like is is this movie going to rely so much on some kind of macguffin where they sort of fall into success that that it just falls apart um but then that it, it's that quidditch match when they first um because they that's right after they all get sent like they get sent to find professor xavier and we first start saying like oh this group is falling apart you know and so then it's that quid- quidditch match is the first time where they get brought together and they have to learn how to work together and you realize like that's the key like these guys are the ones that you know can really get these kids 
to to work together and become an actual team and like that was when I was like oh, okay dude I'm I'm into this and like, I really like the the kid who played Lyle he had like these really funny lines into oh, it so good. when he was talking to uh, I don't know if it was Vince Vaughn or Owen Wilson about the dancer. And he says, "Yeah, she isn't part of the Lyle High Club." And it's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to say, no, I gotta go see if she wants to join the Lyle High yeah, Club. Yeah, it's just uh, goofy <laughs> uh, throwaway lines like that. I really appreciate that stuff in movies where yeah. you don't always pick it up. Um, yeah, I mean, it was fun, and uh, I even liked uh, uh, spoilers that uh, uh, the big boss guy, the Indian guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asif Monvi, he like you know had this big doubt about him. You found out he was a guy who like okayed them to come there. And yeah, yeah. that's a nice little. Yeah, it was a good little twist. twist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I think the app that they developed was that sounds like a cool idea for an app. I mean, I don't drink or anything, but uh, having to answer a, a tough question when you're drunk before you <laughs> can make a a, dr- a <laughs> dial is you know. Can you still operate the app while you're that drunk? Like, well, I think that's the point of it. Yeah, I, it, it seems like it would be something where like your friend would take your phone and turn the app on, <laughs> and then you know, not not let anybody else play with your phone un- until you were able to answer those questions. And what did that uh, the Asian guy say at the end? He says, Do "You see, I actually grew some balls there. <laughs> yeah. They're touching my ankle." <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was great. Oh man, yeah. the whole that whole sequence in the in the uh, in the dance club. Um, where he, where he gets drunk and is like dancing in hmm. that like weird foggy glass cage. Just one shot. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he basically turns into the Hulk. Yeah. Oh man! So yeah, and he I tells had... off his mom. Yeah, that was yeah. Great. His dad's yeah. like, and yeah. He, <laughs> he pulls his eyebrow. Off. Yeah, his eyebrow is completely gone. And Owen Wilson shows. Oh yeah, the next scene, Owen Wilson's <laughs> drawing an eyebrow <laughs> on. Him. Yeah. Doesn't even address it. Like the nope. line he has is something about something else, and you just—he's just there drawing in the kid's eyebrow. Like, okay, well, no reason, <laughs> just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was oh, a fun man. little movie. It, it was better than I thought it would be because, yeah. you know, I, I says, "Man, I kind of want to see The Purge more," but you know, I'll go see this internship. I, it's always fun to find movies to laugh at. Well, I didn't know you wanted to see The Purge that bad. Yeah, shoot, I would actually ask the question. I just uh, assumed that's yeah. what we were saying. No, that's fine. I mean. I can see the purge at any time. Yeah. You know, cool. Mm-hmm. Because I, I didn't really want to see it. Uh, I love the comedy ones because it's hard to, you know, critique the comedy ones. Just like, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, the guys had great chemistry together. Um, I, I will say this too, though, that the you know the jokes in the trailer worked better in the movie because they were a little bigger setup and they went on a little longer. Some of them, yeah. Uh, some some of them fell flat just because I knew them so well because yeah. I've seen that trailer so many times that I'm like, eh. You know, but you know the scene where they're paying off the kids so they could be use the library. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. The whole the whole interview over the computer I think is funnier in yeah, the movie. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Because it's it's just cut a little bit differently. <laughs> w- um, what were they doing? What? <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> you t- you turned us into the size of a nickel, and now we're escaping. <laughs> we're saving lives. What? Oh. <laughs> 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 well, man. we're the size of a nickel, right? So we'll just lay down and let the breeze hit us <laughs> from the blades. <laughs> <laughs> And here's the thing. They're doing that whole thing and I'm I'm confused cuz I'm like what's supposed to be the right answer? Like yeah. what are you supposed to say there? I don't think they ever addressed it. No, they did. At some point there's a there's a throwaway line where they're like, you know, they're they're the only morons who don't know that if you were shrunk down to the size of a nickel that your your strength to weight ratio would allow you to jump out of the 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 uh the blender on your own. Yeah. Like, like that's that's the correct answer. The ah. correct answer is that you're if you're shrunk down, you're like an ant and you can jump 3 feet high. Like, which is silly. <laughs> what is this, John Carter on Mars? <laughs> totally. 
It's a good movie. Yeah, it's fun. Next week, we're seeing The Man of Steel, which I'm really excited to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never been excited for a Superman movie, ever. <laughs> Me either. And this every time I see something about this movie, I want to see it more. Yeah. You know, each trailer that comes out doesn't diminish my anticipation for it. It just makes it stronger. Mm-hmm. So that should be fun. It all, it's also going to be the start of our official second year of a podcast. Third year. Third, third year. year. Sorry, third year. This is our second year. Mm-hmm. Third year. Be yeah, good times. Yeah, Close the book on that chapter. We're, we're wrapping up. Our second year today. So yeah, real quick, what, what do you want to see come out of the third year? Um, man. What do we need to improve on? What do we need to change? Um, I, I think w- I want to see, you know, an idea for a live show start to take shape. Yeah. Um, hopefully that'll start happening. Um, continue to uh, grow the podcast and, you know, find new fans. That's my goal all the time. Yeah. Uh, I got to look into figuring out, I, I, I would like to find a way where every week when we, we, uh, when, when we, we all get together and go see a movie where we're like at least taking a picture or tweeting about it and getting a little bit more, uh, active yeah, on that so stuff. Too. Cause I think, uh, Ryan and I have realized like, Oh, the truth is we have way more followers on Twitter. Why are we spending so much time on Facebook? Um, which is is probably smart. Hmm. So, and not not necessarily because I have a lot to say and stuff like that, but because it gets people to react, and I want more, uh, I want more listener input into mm. stuff. You know, because that's, you know, I that's what I want. I want more people sending in questions like, "Hey, what do you think about this movie from 1994?" Or, "How do you feel about this thing in movies?" Do you like when characters get killed for no reason? Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> Brad? Um, I think I'm going to start a, a game portion of the show because people seem to. Oh, yeah. Even though I thought it was terrible. But uh, the people we talked to at Comic-Con said they enjoyed the game we played on the 100th, or 100th episode. Or the skits. Anytime when we do more like, you know. Yeah, or skits. Um, but that's really the pod show. Yeah, no, well, that's point. true. That's true. But like, but like when we read that little bit of a script, yeah, that, was, know, fun. that was fun. Having guests um, in there doing that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Especially on guests. Yeah, that's what we could do. We could have it so that there's always a game that we play. So when there's a guest, there's some little trivia thing. Yeah. Because um, even like when we were on um, the Rhino thing, is kind of cool having the five questions. Yeah, the f- like uh, fast five. Fast five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be fun because then it's also. Uh, it also gets like the listeners like subconsciously kind of pl- playing along too. Oh yeah, yeah so yeah. that's good, an old Craig a good device. thing, I believe. Fast Five. Yeah, um, we'll figure something out. Yeah, and yeah. then it's just got to be the right thing. I don't want I don't want to steal anybody else's thing. I yeah, wanna, um, I don't want to just start doing a thing religiously that we're not totally into. But yeah. I I do I agree with you. We'll sure. pick a over the course of time. We'll create our own game, but yeah, to get the ball rolling, maybe we'll just tr- do some tried and true stuff. Yeah, um, we'll see. And then also, I think last year I said <laughs> we were hoping for a female voice on the show, and like your your wife's done a good job stepping up. But and Cora, it would be nice to have her on all the time. But she's you know in Durango, so yeah. Um, so that's that's still an option out there. So and then want the, the you live want a show, fourth member. Yeah. Well, not, not like a consistent fourth member, but just more like a female perspective on the show. You know. Yeah. No, I hear you. It's a big sausage fest. I'm sure well, Cora that's why we sit so far apart would appreciate on the couch. it. Huh? Uh, the, the sausage fest is why we sit so far apart on the couch here. Yeah, I know. Um, so our huge dicks don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good place to end the show. 
No, I'm just kidding. Cool. Um, no, no, I hear you. I agree. Until next week, you can email us, realnerds at gmail.com. You can tweet us, real underscore nerds. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. Leave a comment there. You can like us on Facebook. Leave us a message on Facebook. You can call us, 720-6nerds5. This, of course, has been a Nebulous Visions production. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Email us, realnerds at gmail.com. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. Call us, 720-6nerds5. Like us on Facebook. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Until next week, bye.